Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Hires of Marketing and Jen Cole with Pick Media and Social Media Examiner. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast. Welcome to our guest, Christine. We, hi. Um, hi. You know how live broadcasts go, right? So we'll, we'll banter oh, yeah. for a sec <laughs> before we truly uh, kick off and uh, give your bio and all that good stuff. But um, mm-hmm. I am in Virginia doing some family things and you're in New York. What city in New York are you in? Yep. I'm in Nyack, New York, which is just about 45 minutes north of the city. Okay. All right. The hope- city. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully our Wi-Fi connections don't fail. I'm sure anyone who's watching or listening can relate to the live stream. And then being in a hotel on hotel Wi-Fi is also (laughs) going to add a little challenge to it. But we're going to do it. The content's going to be good because we have an amazing guest. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be powerful. That's right. All right. (laughs) And it's the middle of the day in California when I normally would be broadcasting a little bit later. So I'm not sure how many people we will have on the live, but I know we get lots of re-listens and watches and all that good stuff. And it, of course, will be put on the podcast. Okay. So welcome to episode 41 of Making a Marketer. And today we are talking marketing for small local businesses, which is our guest, Christine Gritman's jam. (laughs) I'm going to read her little bio. She is a micro business mega fan, which I just love. (laughs) She's a social media strategist, coach and entrepreneur teaching busy, stressed, small business owners, how to tell their brand stories online in efficient, effective ways that value their time, energy, and money. She's an international speaker, a live streamer, and a LinkedIn local host. And we're going to talk about that. And she's also a wife, a mom, a foodie, and a Rockland County enthusiast. <laughs> she's also a maker of GIFs. Her GIF game is so strong. <laughs> like, I need a I tutorial. I had a lot of fun. I did this just a couple nights ago. I was... I, so, I did, so, I did a bunch of them... I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. And I wasn't getting a ton of use out of them, but they were okay. But also, I mean, I don't know. I just needed more and I needed them with kind of the updated hair and all of that. So the other night I had props, man. Like I spent a while just having a note stock on my phone of the different ones that I wanted to make. I brought props up to the attic. I made my husband help, which was new. (laughs) His his hand appears in a few of them. Like, Like when I need someone to fist bump or to clink glasses with. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to dig right in. I want to like kind of address which what you're doing, I think is a touch different. So I feel like everyone in social is doing it. They're, you know, trying to get clients that they want to do the social for, but you mm-hmm. kind of went a different way. So what made you decide to have your business model be to teach business owners how to do it themselves? Yes. Well, this was, I actually started out doing it for them. And really it was that experience (laughs) that made me not want to do it anymore. Once I got (laughs) what I thought I wanted, I realized that a few things, first of all, I realized that in order to do it well, I could work with very few clients at a time. And that didn't work because the type of clients that I am working with are very small businesses. So they don't have the money for me to be able to 
stay afloat on working with just a few clients at a time. So it's really kind of a catch 22. Like, do I want to work with bigger clients where I can get away with fewer of them or with smaller clients and and work with more of them? In addition to the fact that it, it requires a lot of time and energy to really do the social for a client, there's also the fact that I really do truly and honestly feel like the small business owner who fully has their arms around their business day in, day out, is going to be able to tell stories that I'm not even witnessing. Right. If I, As long as I teach them how to look at what they're already doing through the prism of how can I turn this into content? For example, when I worked with restaurants, if they were, go- if I was going to take pictures for them or if I was, was going to create content for their feeds, we'd have to make an appointment. They'd have to make a whole bunch of food. We'd have to set things up and, you know, get what we got. And then I'd have to figure out, you know, how I could sort of feed that out in bits and pieces. And we'd have to replenish it a lot. Whereas if I just kind of taught them, here's how you take a decent picture of your food and here's when you should post it. And here's the type of stuff you should post. And hey, get your bartender to do a little video. You know, if I taught them how to do it themselves while they're in the midst of it, while they're in the thick of it, it's actually going to save them an insane amount of time and effort. It feels kind of contradictory. It feels like, oh, if they have to do it themselves, it's going to take them more time and effort. But it doesn't really. It's more of a pain to have it be those steps removed and have me do it than it is for me to just show them how to capture those moments in what's already happening in their business. Interesting. Since I work with restaurants, and as you were saying that, I was just kind of thinking through whether they could I don't think that my particular clients, and I'm not just saying that because I want to keep them. (laughs) I mean, I really don't because when I, when I, the reason I got the business is because I, I looked at what they were doing and I had worked at two out of the three restaurants before. And so knew some of the leadership and they said, oh yeah, the managers are supposed to do it. And they're like, well, we Mm -hmm. don't have time. Of course they don't have, you know, because there's just so many other things that they have going on. But there are other businesses like this one woman I know in San Diego, she has a pet, a dog washing business Mm -hmm. and small local. And she was, you know, spending $250 a month on someone doing it. And I was like, wow, that's a screaming deal. That's ridiculous. I couldn't do that (laughs) for that. So she's like, she decided she was going to let her go and just try to kind of do it herself. What she's been doing herself is so much better. So yeah, it really um, does depend. I think part of it is that the people that I was working with is very specials driven. And so in order for me to actually capture what was going on there, I'd have to be coming over every day. Right. If you are if you are a place where things are a little bit more evergreen, then yeah, it does make a lot of sense to have someone come in and batch create content. And in fact, someone who I'd be working with, I would teach them how to batch create their own content too, because that's always going to be the most efficient thing to do. If you can take a bunch of stuff that's evergreen, create a whole bunch of content at once, use the scheduler and feed it out while also leaving room for those moments of serendipity. That's the ideal. But you know, some businesses really have to be kind of in the moment. They have to be capturing what's happening at the time. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I would like them to give me more of that. (laughs) It's good to have a combo. It's it's good. It's good if you're like, okay, we have posts going out. They're good. They're strategic. Now add a little color. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I meet with them once a month and I do take a ton of pictures and I do, you know, stories while I'm there every time I'm there. Yeah. 
um, and, and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm getting my content. I have like 7,000, 8,000 pictures or something from the last wow. six years. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Which gets, that's something that I could definitely do better at is like managing that, organizing that and all that kind of good stuff. That was another thing that happened to me. My phone kept getting full, yep. you know, <laughs> my computer was getting full and I was like, this stuff isn't even mine. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Actually, I just was considering getting a pixel just mm-hmm. for that, just for pictures for my clients. But yeah. I, also, I love photography too. So that for and me having is a cloud backup really and all fun. of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have everything everywhere. Okay. So you put out a call. Did you get any responses to your questions on, on Twitter for, um, I did not. Okay. All right. That's cool. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, middle of the day on a Wednesday and you kind of hope that people are around. (laughs) Yeah. So, well then I'd like you to tell us, what do you think is the number one challenge facing small business owners when it comes to their social media? They're overwhelmed. They feel like they don't have the time or the knowledge to do it themselves, but they feel like they don't have the money to hire someone to do it for them. So they just don't do it. Right. Or they're super inconsistent. Mm hmm. Exactly. You'll see spurts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so that the thing that's interesting for me too is that with local, not that it's more important than with larger brands, but the reputation management element of it, that engagement and responding and all of that kind of stuff. I feel like that's almost more important than the posting a picture of a pretty dish or whatever. Yeah. You have to make sure it's about connections, right? right? So, you know, just broadcasting content, that's not necessarily making a connection. It is making you findable. It is certainly giving people something to respond to and react to. But when it comes down to it, it needs to be about making those connections, building those relationships that people in the community have with your brand, but it has to go the other way too. It has to be also recognizing that your brand is part of that relationship and they need to engage back. Yes, for sure. Well, and that's one of the things we talked about in the very beginning is that Mm -hmm. uh, you're on social media, whether you want to be or not. Yes. People are posting, especially when you're in a picturesque area, people are posting pictures Mm -hmm. of your food and the views and all that kind of stuff. And so if you don't choose to engage with them, then it's like you're not you're not having conversations with your customers and that's yeah you need to take control of your presence in that narrative because to your point other people are going to tell your story whether you're involved or not yeah and the more input you can have into that conversation the better and that input comes in the form of engagement of course it comes in the form of how much content are you putting out there about your business versus other people and it has to do with the overall tone that you strike and the overall impression that you give people as the sum total of all of those parts, all of those different brand touches. For sure. Yeah. I'll post about our, the neighbors in, in Seaport Village from time to time. And some of them engage back and some of them don't. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. to me because I just basically gave you some free advertising and not even going (laughs) to say, Hey, thanks for the shout out. Like, hello. And that really makes a difference. And it it really says something about how you view, first of all, the seriousness with which you're building your business, but also how you view view your place in the community, which is, you know, do you feel that responsibility of being a part of that conversation? And are you the type who is going to be building your business and taking advantage of those opportunities? If someone posts about your business and you don't see it, 
that's just, it's kind of leaving attention on the table, you know, um, as opposed to if you see it, if you engage with it, if you comment on that person's content and say, this was amazing. And then you DM them personally saying, Hey, can we share this? And then you share it and you're saying, Hey, we're so glad that Megan had an incredible time. And you know, the team at neighbors was really happy to give you a great night. Happy anniversary, by the way, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That's the way to take something that someone else created and and how long does it take to write a comment, to get permission to repost, and then to repost? It can take a minute, five minutes tops of your life, and you've reached so many more people. Yeah, It's just such an incredible opportunity. And, and having that kind of organic brand ambassadorship, having other people say good things about you, that's the most trustworthy type of promotion that there is. Because they have no relationship with you. They have no reason to be promoting you except that they think that you're great. They're putting their reputation out there among their friends and you know followers, if that's relevant, right. their community. They're saying to their community, hey, I stand by this place as being something that I recommend. You've got to value that. You've got to realize how valuable that is to your business. You can't buy that type of, I mean, I guess now with influencers, you kind of can buy that yeah. type of publicity, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's even better if yeah. it's just totally organic and not taking advantage of that is really just, I think that's one of the biggest missed opportunities of small local businesses because again, they are overwhelmed. They feel like they don't have time to sit there and do that social listening, but they can do it in really efficient and targeted ways. If they just devote a tiny bit of time each day, it can reap massive dividends. For sure. I mean, everyone complains about Facebook, you know, you got to pay to play, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I think that that a local business has more opportunity than anyone else, and especially restaurants, because people are geotagging and whoever's mm -hmm. managing your Facebook page gets a notification for every single geotag. And that mm -hmm. is an opportunity for every single time someone has posted a picture or checked in at your restaurant to say, thank you for dining yes. and hosting. And I mean, it could be as much as that. And people are like, wow, the food was really great. And then you get more feedback. And that's, that's yes, building community, but it's also adding to your brand because everyone who con already commented on that is also going to get a notification that, you know, Harbor House commented on, you know, so-and-so's post and, and whatever. Yeah, you're participating in the conversation that is already happening. And that's that's an incredibly valuable thing to do. You're also taking advantage of free content. I've noticed, I've been very happy to notice that lately when I tag a local restaurant in one of my Instagram stories, for example, way more frequently, they're getting back to me quickly saying thanks and sharing it on their own story. And I've been really heartened to see that because I want our local small businesses to do well. And the more of that that I see them doing, I don't care if it's technically one of my competitors managing it. I don't care. I care that the business succeeds. I care that they're seeing the value of social media because again, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? The more small local businesses are using social media and seeing that it can be done, the more small local businesses will use social media because they see that it can be done. Right. And it's more effective and efficient for everybody. Right. Well, and Facebook also, after someone has geotagged a location, then comes to back to the person who posted it and says, hey, you were just mm -hmm. here. Would you like to recommend it? Yep. Which, guess what? means a lot more positives than negatives because if you posted to social, it's unlikely that you had a bad time. Wouldn't you mm -hmm. say? I mean... Absolutely. And if someone did have a bad time, you know, again, that's a conversation where you can re-steer that narrative. If you handle it 
well or if you handle it poorly. I've seen situations where someone wrote something negative about a restaurant and other people have piled on to them. Yeah, saying those owners are great valued members of our community. They're the sweetest family. How dare you denigrate their business? You just hit them on a bad night. That's incredible. You're used to hearing the opposite, the internet horror story of someone says bad thing and people pile on with more and more bad things. And by the time the restaurant owner actually gets onto that thread to defend themselves. It's so many comments deep and they're feeling defensive. You shouldn't defend yourself. You should apologize. And, you know, the customer's always right in a sense, (laughs) you know, so you hear the horror stories. So I'm always really heartened when I see that a company has done a good enough job of relationship management with their local audience that people will come to bat for them. Yeah. I've had that happen a few times. It's nice. And then I just sit back and like, let them talk to each other. (laughs) Exactly. In fact, this wasn't even someone I worked with. This was someone I kind of gave a freebie to because they were nice to me. Uh, (laughs) There was a company, a local business where someone on their, one of the owners on their personal profile had sort of made fun of a negative customer review. And people got a hold of it in one of the local groups and they started talking about it. And people said they were going to boycott this business. People said they're not even that great. People, people just piled on in a bad way. And then the person kind of doubled down (laughs) by commenting and saying, all right, that was my personal profile. And you know what? The person who posted that thing was wrong anyway, blah, blah, blah. Then they PM'd me. They're like, oh God, I just, I just dug it deeper. What do I do? What do I do? And I helped them draft kind of a mea culpa. I helped them draft something where it was like, look, basically every little bit of defending themselves, we just edited right out. And I'm like, here's what we need to do in this one. You need to say, that you're very sorry and that's not how you view your many loyal customers at all and and how you see now that it was you know kind of unappreciative blah 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 basically you know more humble making mm-hmm. it more humble and and they were able to turn it around basically the there were people and I warned her in advance about this I said no matter what you do you can write the most perfect thing ever some people will say you're not sorry. You're just sorry you got caught. Or some people will say that, you know, you suck anyway. Like people will be jerks no matter what, no matter how you handle it. But this way, at least you will look good to the undecided people. And those are the only people who are really going to come in anyway. Right. And, and it worked out. They were very worried because this boycott was announced like two weeks before one of their major events for the year. It had no impact whatsoever on the event. They got as many people as they always got. And I do think that part of it was that she was able to make it blow over by, first of all, showing that there was an actual human being. Because once people have to contend with a human being behind the keyboard, <laughs> they get a little less nasty sometimes. Yeah. But then also, you know, she she went off of the defensive and said, you know, I was wrong. I'm sorry. How can we make this right? And it made it, and it made a huge difference just re-steering that narrative from being all negatives and being a fight to saying, you know, reminding people that there is a real person being impacted by right. this and that this was the, a business belonging to a family in the community. Right. So that actually brings me to, I think, the number one question that I get asked or that I hear people kind of like, squabbling about managers getting upset about is the whole Yelp thing, you know, the sort of the, the mafia, oh. the mafia s, <laughs> you know, thing that is Yelp, like, yeah, it, it exists. And people yes. are, are posting there. I, I will say, I think that at least 
from what I see is reviews tend to be one to one and a half points higher on every other platform than they are on Yelp. So Yelp to mm-hmm. me tends to skew a bit more negative. But mm-hmm. having said that, you got to hug your haters, right? So what, what do you tell business owners about how to manage their Yelp reviews in general? Well, the types of businesses that I work with, they're the really small broke ones. So none of them are paying Yelp. Right. <laughs> so they're all getting spanked by Yelp because Yelp really does kind of, they swear, they swear that their algorithm is fair and that they don't penalize you for not advertising or reward you for advertising. But it's a lie. It's not right. true. And so they're, they're frustrated. They say, you know, we can't afford to pay Yelp. We can't afford to pay this protection money. So, so what can we do? Yelp is still so powerful. And I said, here's what you can do. You can respond to people who comment on your Yelp, whether positive or negative. Don't just come in to say, I'm sorry, you had a bad experience. Also come in to say, we're always happy to see you. Thank you so much for coming back and for leaving this lovely review. So you can be a part of the conversation for free. And no matter what the algorithm does with your rankings or whatever, the fact is that people actually go to the page, they will see that you are invested in the success of your own reputation. Furthermore, I point out to them that Yelp is certainly not the only platform. People are living on Facebook. Food is hot on Instagram. Google. So Google reviews. Yeah. They're really pushing the local leader or local yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 So there's yep. that. But yeah, I tell them that really there, there are still ways to help manage your own reputation on Yelp. And all it really is, is participating. Yeah. And being empathetic, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I think that's one of the better reasons for a business owner to not actually be the one who responds on yeah. Yelp because, because they're <laughs> they too, have feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're too close to it. And yeah. even, even if they know that, that there's some accuracy to something mm-hmm. that's been written, they, they, they have a really difficult time hugging them. <laughs> Let's just say. Yeah. So it, I think it helps for my clients, at least to have me be the one who's doing it. But there are some where I'm like, I got nothing. Like I, I got no, I have no idea which say this person because there's no coming back from this. I mean, I very rarely do I just not respond, but sometimes it's hard, but I did, I well, definitely have learned like the internet in general. There's certain yeah. people where it's not going to go anywhere good, but here's the great part. Anyone who's witnessing that conversation can see who's in the wrong. If it's one of those comments yeah. where it's like there, I, I cannot touch this with the 10 foot pole. Anyone reading that will be like, yeah, they shouldn't touch this with the 10 foot pole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had people say too, that they don't read any of the ones and they don't read any of the fives, which I find to be really interesting. That's fascinating. I would yeah. specifically be interested in the, well, actually no, a one is, yeah, a lot, a lot of ones are just kind of bitter, but I'd read the fives too, if the fives are useful, because they might say where you're succeeding. They might say what you want to link into yeah. and for what you want to lean into. And furthermore, those might be people who you want to engage yeah. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, to clarify, as somebody who as a visitor of a restaurant would mm-hmm. go into read. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean yeah. that I, I would respond. No, I'm responding yeah. to all of them for sure. 100%. And yeah. I have had people even say like, just because you responded, I'm going to change mm-hmm. that. I don't reply to get them to change a rating, but, but you're right. Other people are seeing how you how you respond to and how you recover from things that have gone wrong. And so, yeah, I respond publicly always. And then sometimes also then also go into DM if, if I, if we want to know more to really show them that we want to fix, you know, what happened and that we understand. Yeah. Empathy goes a long way. Right. And it's also another chance to reaffirm your brand values. Yes. No question. Okay. So what do you think 
the number one opportunity or advantages for small business owners and their marketing? I do think that it is easier for a local business to get organic traction than it might be for a huge brand, simply because you're pretty tar- you're able to be pretty targeted about who you actually want to reach. And the more information you can give that algorithm, the more likely you are to get what you're looking for. I also feel like as all of the platforms, Facebook especially, but all of them are, are leading the way towards it being more about conversations and engagement and interaction. If you're part of a community that people care about and you're able to touch upon things in that community that people care about, even if it's just your own business, honestly, yeah, <laughs> that gives you a lot more opportunity to have those conversations. If you actually know who that person is who just commented on your page, that's great. You can say it was so great to see you and Joe the other night because you know that they were there with Joe because you know who they are, their face in your community. I feel like the opportunity for meaningful interaction, we're not saying engagement anymore, the meaningful interaction, (laughs) (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg from the Facebook apocalypse announcement of January, 2018. That's what the meaningful interactions are. It's not about broadcasting anymore. It's about conversing with your community and creating a community. And if you're literally in a community and literally having real life conversations, it's that that much easier to take that part of your brand online. Yeah, well, and that that opportunity there too should involve talking about things in the community and not just always selling. And that's absolutely. One, yeah. One thing I really try to do, and it's, it's an education and I'm sure you have to educate your clients on this uh, um, quite a bit that if I talk about the County fair in a post, I'm not driving people away from the restaurant to go to the nope. County fair. I am simply remarking on something in the community and we will have, we'll get feedback on, you know, thanks for promoting this event or, you know, thanks for supporting our Padres or whatever, because I think it's important to like Jessica Phillips says to be a magnet, not a megaphone. And I think that that plays in, into that for sure. Absolutely. There was a restaurant that I was working with. Um, I live in a very small community with an insane quantity of nonprofits. We have so many nonprofit organizations and it really sticks out if you're not involved with any of those causes. (laughs) It's kind of not a thing you do. I was working with a restaurant once and they got a private message from someone who I actually know, someone I went to high school with, though she didn't know that I was the one reading the message, where, where she said, you know, I really like your business, but I can't help but notice that you're not that involved in community initiatives. And I got to say, I'm a little less inclined to come back more because I feel like you don't support our community. And first of all, I was thinking, okay, that's a little holier than thou. And the restaurateur was very annoyed about this. He was like, excuse me. But he also said, I do do a lot. I just don't post about it. I'm doing the work. And so I said, you know what? We're going to answer this because you know what? You have an event with a nonprofit coming up not even responding to her dm right i'm just gonna make sure your next post is about this event and it mentions that you've participated in it for the past three years <laughs> so ha- so proud to be participating in the blah 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 event that helps blah 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 cause for the third year in a row this organization is so important in our community and we're happy to be able to give back perfect i love it yeah well and i i think it's a kind of a two-edged thing i think businesses 
that are supporting the community in that way may be less inclined to toot their own horns so that they don't get asked even more. <laughs> you know? There's that too. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Like we could do a better job of letting people know what organizations we support, but then yeah, they might not want to be sort of like advertising that. That's an interesting thing. Okay. So we are um, at time, but I have one more question because I want to know about sure. um, LinkedIn local. What's, mm-hmm. what's going on with LinkedIn local? So I attended my first LinkedIn Local in January of 2018 in New York City. And I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was a really cool concept. There was a, a great panel discussion. I stayed in touch with a lot of the people I met there. I go to a lot of networking events and it's hard to put my finger on what was different about this one, but I liked it. And one of the people I met there was Brian Wallace, who is very involved in helping run LinkedIn Local events all over the country. He let me know about one in my area that was looking for speakers. So I spoke at an event there and a friend who came to see me speak said, let's throw our own. So my friend Pasquale Palumbo and I started throwing them. um, I live in Rockland County, which is smaller. There's a lot more of a business community in nearby Westchester County. So he and I have been doing events in Westchester, which is where he's based anyway, and where I have a lot of connections. We've done several. They've been very successful. We're sort of refining our game a little more every time. We have a lot of repeat attendees, but also a lot of new attendees every time, which is lovely. We've sent out questionnaires to see what we can do better, and we're expanding it more. We're going to do them in more nearby areas because people are hearing about it, and the more they hear about it, the more they say, when's the next one? Can you do one near me? Can I help you do one? And so we're happy to expand that to people. So the idea is that you're taking it offline. You're basically getting face-to-face with the people that you would normally interact with on LinkedIn. Is that the idea? Yeah, it's about really encouraging people to use both tools, to network in real life, but then to make sure to connect on LinkedIn to keep that connection going. And our panel discussions are always about how to up your networking game and how to keep those contacts. Sometimes they're about specific LinkedIn tips. We did an event this past Monday where it really wasn't so much about LinkedIn. It was more about We had a bunch of marketers on the panel, so I tried to skew that discussion as being more about how to bring yourself, how to bring your personal brand to those interactions when you're engaging with people at a networking event, and then how to use the internet to keep those connections strong. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I've been seeing things about it. So there was one in San Diego in the South Bay, and Mm I was too busy to like figure out what it it was, but yeah, so... um, They're going to do more, I'm sure. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. I'm connected on LinkedIn with a few of the San Diego organizers. So I know that they've got more in store. (laughs) Stephanie Liu and Mary Fane Brandt, I think, had one together. Yes. Oh, love both of them. Yeah. So, and I think you'll be seeing them next week. Yes. We'll be in San Diego (laughs) next week. Very exciting. Yeah. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll get to connect face to face. Yeah. Um, as well. Um, I'm, I'm here in, until Tuesday, but hoping, hoping I'll get to see your, your lovely face in person. All right. One final thing, if you can quickly think of what's, I like to ask people what kind of, what technology gadget app thing are you hot on these days? What am I hot on these days? I just made a whole bunch of gifts, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> and you, so, just, you just, there's many videos that you just upload to, to Giphy or... Exactly. Whatever, right? Exactly. I recorded them 
with a real camera, but on my computer. I used Ecamm in record-only mode, so, so that was good, and I was able to edit them really easily, and I was able to upload them to Giphy and put captions and, you know, make them nice and short, and I just saved them to my phone. And so, so I've been having a lot of fun with that Yeah. <laughs> recently. It won't, Giphy won't approve me as a creator or a brand, so I can't have them in the Twitter search bar yet, but Huh. Yet is the operative term. I wonder what, <laughs> what the requirements are. Do you I'm know? not a big enough deal. Oh, I don't okay, know. Well. Mm. But I've heard I've heard reapply because actual humans evaluate those applications. And I've heard that, you know, it just depends on who you get. And that that has been true with other things as well. When I got my Facebook check mark, it was the same way. I was rejected twice and then I got it. So that was years ago. Yeah. It's like anything but, else with customer service yeah. or whatnot. Like just if you don't like the answer you got, just keep just keep trying. You'll eventually get someone who can yeah. who help. <laughs> In the meantime, I'll just, I'll just paste them from my phone. Perfect. Well, I thank you so much. I know you're super busy. This is like the third time you've been alive today, right? Or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a big day for video and my kids were off from school, but thankfully my husband worked from home today. So. All right. <laughs> Nice. Well, I appreciate it. I know that um, anyone who listens to this on the podcast or rewatches it on YouTube or Facebook will get a lot of value. We, we packed a lot in the 30 minutes. So I really appreciate your time today. All Yay, right. Thanks for having me. No problem. Okay. So this has been episode 41 of Making a Marketer and we will catch you next time.